Welcome to Element, the student ministry of Third City Christian Church. To find out more, go to thirdcityc.org slash students. Just so you know, we are not talking about dating tonight. If that's why everybody showed up, uh, we are not talking about dating tonight. We are talking about relationships, though, because life is absolutely full of relationships, you guys. Complex relationships, numerous relationships. Think about it. You've got relationships at home. You've got relationships at, at school, on your teams, teachers, coaches, parents, siblings. you got all kinds of relationships that you guys have to navigate on a daily basis. And I will tell you this. This is part of, of what makes humans, in my opinion, and I think it's fact, the most complex part of the animal kingdom. I mean, you can look at other creatures on earth and they have circulatory systems, nervous systems. Maybe they can problem solve. Maybe, maybe they have a little bit of social skills. But you guys, humans and their relationships are so complex. Am I right? All you have to do is be in middle school for like two weeks and you know that relationships are complex. You know? All it takes is one look and someone's going, she did not just look at me that way. I'm about to have a discussion. I was talking to, who was I talking to? I was watching uh, Sherlock Holmes. Any of you guys seen the Sherlock Holmes movies? There was this hilarious scene where uh, Dr. Watson punches Sherlock Holmes in the face. And then like five minutes later, they're still friends. That's the way guys do friendship. Most guys. It's like, hey, I might punch you in the face, but we'll still be friends afterwards. Girls will like destroy you emotionally, right? They're going to mess with your mind. But tonight we're going to be talking about relationships, and this is why, students, I have a firm belief that we are living in a society that is just overwhelmed with poverty. And I need to explain poverty to you for a moment, because poverty, poverty is not simply your ability or your inability to financially exist in this world. That's not the type of poverty that we're talking about. When I talk about poverty from a scriptural standpoint, it's an absence of peace. It's an absence of shalom is, is the word in the Bible that they use. And shalom means peace, harmony, wholeness. It's, it's an absence of relationship. It's an absence of, of peace the way that God intended it to be. And we can trace this all the way back, students, to the Garden of Eden where peace was broken, where shalom was broken in the Garden of Eden with Adam and Eve. That's where it began. That's where broken relationship began. And ever since then, relationships have gotten so, so difficult and so complex. And there have been so many layers to our relationships. And, and something that I've really learned, and part of it is because I'm a I'm a parent of teenagers, is that being able to navigate relationships in a healthy manner, it does not come naturally to people. People are prone to choose drama, to choose um, hurtful words. People are prone to use other people. They're not, they don't have a good natural instinct for relationships, for how to be a good friend, for how to find good friends. 
You know what I'm talking about? The types of friends I'm talking about are the friends that, that no matter what you're going through in life, they will put themselves next to you. The type of friends that if you need godly direction, they're not going to be the ones encouraging you, hey, yeah, you should go ahead and do that with her. That would be pretty cool. And then you should tell me about it and maybe take a picture. They're not going to be those types of friends. They're going to be the type of friend that is going to stand up to you and be an encourager in your faith and to help you along your walk. They'll be the friend that has consistently put themselves beside you at church, the friend that's consistently, when you were sad, when you were weeping, was next to you. And I want to talk to you guys about how to evaluate those relationships that you may have and maybe give you some hope on how to uh, find some healthy relationships in the future. And then in the midst of this, I'm going to talk to you about how God gives us a little bit of hope in the middle of this. So here's what we have. We all have a me circle. I want you guys right now to place yourself right here mentally, okay? I didn't have a big enough board to do circle, so we're doing this beautiful little black and white rainbow, all right? So here you are, and we're going to talk about, <laughs> good thing I brought markers, we're going to talk about one, two, three, four levels of relationships that we all have in our lives, okay? And we're going to talk about how to navigate these relationships. We're going to talk about maybe some of us may have the wrong people in the wrong layers of relationship, okay? So, so I need you to stay with me. Common sense tells us level one, would level one friends be close friends or far away friends? What are they? Close friends, right? Level four would be who? All right, the far away friends. So good. You guys, have, you guys brought your common sense tonight. This is good. So... Here's what I want to talk to you about because I want you to set yourself up for success when it comes to your relationships. And please, I need you to hear me in this. This was something that I had to learn and I have been learning over the course of 41 years of life. Relationships were very difficult for me. I was a, the 13-year-old boy that would cry in his bed at night because he was lonely. I was a 17-year-old boy that would cry in his bed at night because he didn't feel like he had any friends. I've been the grown adult that wonders why he doesn't have a quality of friendship that he feels like he should have in his own life. That has been me, you guys, and I have had to work through this, and I wish someone that cared about me would walk me through some of this logic that I'm going to walk through with you tonight, okay? So there are three qualities that we, you need to find for people that are going to be in this level of friendship, and I'm going to explain to you why. The first, first three qualities are this. Those friends, if you're wanting to experience life and life to the full, need to love God, they need to love the church, and they need to love you. And there's a reason they need to do that, and they need to do that in that order is this. Sometimes if you have a friend that loves you more than they love God, they're going to let you get away with behavior that's going to be destructive. How many of you in this room have had a friend call you on bad behavior? Raise your, hand, raise your hand high. Any of you? Got a few of you? If you have had a friend look at you and go, you should not be doing that. You have an extremely valuable friend in that person. Scripture says that wounds from a friend are extremely valuable. 
If a friend is willing to risk their relationship because they see that your life is headed somewhere destructive, you need to hold on to that friendship with both hands because they are valuable. So if someone loves you more than they love God, they may not be willing to have that hard conversation. But so long as they love God, love the church, and love you, they won't get that out of order, okay? Another thing you need to know about these level one friendships is they need to be present emotionally, spiritually, and physically to be in this level right here. How many, now, how many friends do you guys think, if you had to take a guess, my kids are not allowed to guess on this, how many friends do you think you might have in this first layer? Okay. I heard someone say two. Okay, someone said three. Okay, maybe five. Here's what I would suggest to you, students. I would suggest that because of your age, these are some of the people that might be in this realm. You might have a parent that falls in here that loves God, loves the church, and loves you. Your parents may not love God, love the church, and love you, or they may not be physically, emotionally, or spiritually present. You may have uh, one or two uh, peers that are in this group. You may have some friends that genuinely love God, love it doesn't mean they're perfect, but they love God, they love the church, they love you, and they're present emotionally, physically, and spiritually. And what that means is to be present emotionally Okay, how many guys in this room have cried with one of their guy friends? I have. I'm going to be honest. Hey, guess what? You have friends that are emotionally present. Okay? If you've rejoiced to no end and cried with your friends, they're present emotionally. Okay? How many of you guys, how many people in this room have ever prayed with a friend? Okay? How many of you in this room have shared, like, awful secret sin with a friend? Like, like, man, I don't hardly tell anybody that, and I need help, and you've confessed sin. Some of you have done that. Hey, this means you have friends that are spiritually present. This means you have friends that want to go beyond Fortnite. They want to go beyond the gossip. Hey, that means that you have friends that desire depth in their relationship with you. The physical part speaks for itself. Uh... There is nothing that I love more than to look a good friend in the face and laugh until I about wet myself. Have you got any of you ever been there? Like just uncontrollable? Like I can't, or lockjaw where you can't move your mouth anymore? You could ask Taylor Jones about that one. Hey, but nothing can replace, listen students, I don't care how good you think your relationship is online. There is no amount of snaps that you can send to a friend in Omaha or Lincoln that can replace a hug when you need one from a close friend. There is nothing better than a hug from a close friend. There's no amount of text messages that can replace that physical contact. So that's what it means to be present emotionally, spiritually, and physically. You may have one or two peers. You may have a parent. Some of you guys may be wise enough and may have taken the risk that your coach at Element might be in this circle. Now, I would argue that some of you could have up to five people, and this is why. It's because of you guys' age. I realize that when I look at my own children, my wife and I are both in this first circle of their world. 
whether they like it or not. Timo's graduating. He'll get to choose whether or not he wants to keep us in that circle. But, uh, but the other two don't really get a choice. We're in that circle. We love God. We love the church. We love them. We're present emotionally. I cry with my kids. We're present physically. I hug my kids. We're present uh, spiritually. I, I pray with my kids. Okay? So you might have up to five. You might just have two. I will tell you this. You would be lucky to be... To be my age, to maybe get to have three, four, you may be so lucky to have that many in this level. Now, next level we're jumping to, level two. The difference between a friend that is in level one and level two is very, different, is, is very minimal, but it's very important. Level two friends also should love God, love the church, and love you. Okay? The difference between here and here. They meet the three qualities, but they don't meet those three basic needs of being present physically, emotionally, or spiritually. So what are some of the things that could cause, um, I'm not going to ask you guys, I'll explain this. Some of the things that could cause someone to move from level one to level two. What if you had a best friend that moved to Denver? You can't really do anything about that, can you? That friendship changes, am I right? They still love God, love the church, and love you, but, man, we got to be looking for people to be here and present. You see, Jesus had Peter, James, and John that when he was working through the hard things of life, Jesus kept Peter, James, and John ever so close by his side. So we got these level two friends. Now in this, how many do you guys think you might have here? If you had to guess. Okay, I heard eight, heard ten. I heard 17, I heard nine. All right, sounds good, sounds good. I would say, hey, I would say up here, you might have up to 20. You might have up to 20 in that level two. Because when you start to think about it, there's a lot of people that might fit the bill of loving God, loving the church, and loving you. But they just may not meet those three basic needs of present emotionally, present physically, present spiritually that you need in order for them to be here. Now, this is where things get dicey, you guys. There is a, there is a boundary that has got to be drawn right here between level two and level three. Because there is an important shift that happens here. These people in your world that are here in level three, they're the ones that fail to meet the three basic qualities of either loving God, loving the church, or loving you. And I will tell you from experience that if you try to pull a person from level three into this circle down here, I will tell you from experience that you're setting yourself up for pain. You're setting yourself up for bad advice. You're setting yourself up for relational failure. These, these, these people that are here that are maybe don't love God or don't love the church or don't truly love you, this is where you'll find yourself getting used in relationships. This is where you'll find yourself getting, getting um, bad life advice from friends is when you try to pull people from here into the center circle. And that may sound mean, 
And it doesn't mean that we don't love these people because we're going to talk about what the book of Colossians says about how we are to live in the midst of all of this here in a minute. Uh, it doesn't mean that we don't love these people. It doesn't mean that you can imagine that people out here, there, there's a lot of people, there's even people, listen, level three, in this room, there's people in this room that don't love God or may not love the church or may not love you because that's the way it is. There, there may be some people in here that are missing one of those qualities. So we have to be careful about how we qualify bringing someone into the close parts of our lives because relationships, you guys, are so important to our lives. They're so important to our lives. Now, this last category, this is one of the most dangerous categories that you need to be aware of and you need to potentially avoid. This is a category where we find that people that want to be destructive to your life. Literally, they want to be destructive to your life. These are the people that are wanting to pull you into sin, actively wanting to pull you into sin. And these are, these are people that, that, that lie about you. These are people that try to manipulate you, that you have to be super careful. Now, students, here's where we have to move with this because there's something that could happen that would be very dangerous is that we would look at this and the thing that I don't want you to do is to go, all right, so now I'm just going to build my clique. I'm going to build this little circle of friends. I'm never going to move outside of that circle. That is not biblical at all. That is not how Jesus has called us to love. If you have your Bibles or your Bible apps, I want you to open up to Colossians chapter 3. Colossians chapter 3, verse 12. Listen, this is a commandment given to you. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, he says, clothe yourself with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive whatever grievances you may have against one another. Forgive as the Lord has forgiven you. And over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. You guys, we, we have set this vision for Third City Christian Church to be a church of love unlimited. Sometimes love is being patient. Sometimes love is having a hard conversation that maybe you don't want to hear. But God has called us to love, and he gives us, in Colossians 3, the formula for how we should relate within these relationships. Because I want to tell you something about the further that we get into these relationships and these levels, the closer it gets here. Which level should we be getting most of our life advice from? Right here? People that love God, love the church, love me, and they're present emotionally, spiritually, and physically. Am I right? So we get into some unhealthy patterns when this happens. We listen to what's being said and done on Instagram or Snapchat or Twitter, and we listen to it as if it's someone that's in this circle down here. Because honestly, students... Me personally, and this would be my hope for you, is the minute 
that I travel past here, this point, level two, if you're in level three in my world, I'm going to be kind and compassionate and I'm going to love you, but how much life advice do you think I'm willing to take from someone that's in level three? Not a whole lot. Because I want to get the best advice from the best people that are invested in my world. Now, all of this, students, it comes back to being rooted in our identity. Being confident in who we are. Because I understand the struggle. You guys are so barraged with, with uh, some of the people that are in level four that you may or may not realize. I'm going to put uh, social media is up here. Uh, I would say media itself. If you feel pressure to be a certain type of man or a certain type of woman based on what the media says that you should be, you're getting all this pressure about your identity from all of these directions. And, and you've got people at your school that just make snide comments. You know that kid in your math class that just goes, man, you're the dumbest person I know. And you're like, you don't even know me. That, you guys know the person I'm talking about. Uh, we're going to call him the, yeah, this will be a good name. He's the village idiot, all right? So, so listen, we laugh at that. We laugh at that. But the truth is you allow the village idiot more input into how you dress, how you talk, and how you treat people than sometimes these people. And it's easy for us to say and identify who the people that should be getting the biggest vote. And students, even going beyond this, I've looked each one of my children in the eyes and I've said, I wish you would listen to my vote the most. Because I, I'm able to look at my children and I go, there is no human in creation that loves you more than me, and I just wish that you would listen to what I say about you. Because all of us struggle with what others are saying, and they don't necessarily believe the words of the people that love them the most. And I also realize that my children and me, we all need to listen to what the voice of God is saying about who we are. Because that is a much better place to begin. And I want you guys to watch this video. And then we're going to talk a little more before we move into small groups tonight.
so pieces of that were a lot to take in. Here's the truth that you need to be grabbing onto tonight. We are allowing so many influences from so many different directions that are creating a confusing identity of who we are. And so what we tend to do is we allow our peers, we allow media, we allow people that mean to destroy us to do more to identify who we think we are than we allow the one who loves us the most. This is a part that can be difficult because some of you might be sitting here tonight going, you know, Josh, I, I don't have a parent that would just sit me down and say, I wish you would listen to what I have to say about you and then to speak truth. Truth is this. I have a heavenly father that when I doubt my worth, I can look at scripture and go, no, here's the deal. I've been redeemed by the blood of God's son. God's son sacrificed himself for me. I have value. When someone tells me that I'm worthless or I'm stupid, I, I know that my life was given great value at the cost of Jesus. I can hang on to that truth. Students, those verses just flashed by quickly and some of you might go, man, I wish I could hang on to that. You have this wonderful thing called the internet. If you Google this phrase, listen. Google this phrase, my identity in Christ. My identity in Christ. You will find an ocean of content that if every night before you go to bed, you remind yourself of who God says that you are, and we stop listening to all these outside influences, we start listening to the one that put us together. Who knows you better than God who gave you life? How dare we allow anyone else input on who we are? We're getting ready to walk into a wonderful moment where we're gonna celebrate some baptisms. These are students that are finding and stepping into their identity in Christ. They're wrapping their arms around it and receiving it and accepting it in a way that we would receive a brand new name. They're no longer bound by whatever the world has called them or told them what they are. They're not failures, they're not, uh, they're not idiots, they're not losers. They're children of God at the moment that they receive Jesus. Let's pray and let's celebrate this baptism together. Father, thank you for your word because your word speaks truth. Your, your word speaks truth in a world that loves to lie, deceive, and destroy. So Father, I'm grateful that we've been given the opportunity to hear who you say that we are. Father, your son came to restore shalom, to restore peace, to restore relationship. And Lord, it starts with our relationship with you. We praise you for the baptisms we are getting ready to celebrate in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thanks for joining Element. To find out more, go to thirdcityc.org slash students.